0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hello and welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur and I'm Erica Cerullo. if you want more
0: where this came from head to a thing or two hq.com and subscribe to our newsletter and sign up for secret menu our jazzy new hub for members only content to share your thoughts on this
1: episode or anything at all leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or dm us on instagram at a thing or two hq i feel like we just buried a lot of leads right there in that brand new intro one
0: we have a new website
1: and we launched Secret menu, our subscription program. So it costs four dollars a month, which is one dollar a week, which yes. is as you discovered, the cost of fries animal style at In and Out,
0: which I discovered after we came up with the name Secret Menu. Because what I did, Claire, is I went and looked at the In N Out menu. And it's actually quite, it's like quite a lot of digging to figure out. The like list of the menu items for all of the secret menu in and out mm-hmm. because it's not on the regular menu. Of, of course, course, it's that's the entire menu. thing. Yeah, and then to like figure out what is the what anyway. anyway. Well,
1: it wasn't as straightforward as it sounds. <laughs> I'm proud of you for discovering that. Thank I've you. also read more about secret menus than I ever thought I would read since we came up with this name, in part because I forgot that secret menu is like a fast food thing. Like when we first came up with it, I was thinking of it as just a secret menu that they have at like any old restaurant that you secretly are in the know so you can order something. And then I was like, right. It is actually like... It's a fast food thing.
0: Yeah, totally. Although I do... Like, this isn't actually a secret menu, I guess. But there's someone and I cannot figure out... Think of who this person would be in my life. But like a friend of a friend who whenever he goes to a restaurant, he just orders whatever the chef like wants to make him. That's. A which does feel trick. like does which does feel like secret menu in its way?
1: Is the waiter sometimes so annoyed by that? Do you think?
0: Oh, I'm certain. Can you imagine not being by that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds really baller? And then you're the waiter who has to take that order, and you're rolling. You're like the asshole at eyes. table seven yeah. wants exactly. you to
0: make whatever you want to make him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Okay, back to this thing. <laughs> okay, so. For 4 bucks a month, you're going to get a new newsletter every week. And it's It's not
0: our standard like 10 10 things style newsletter. It's different. And it's different not every week, but we have like 4 or 5 rotating concepts.
1: Yeah. And they're all sort of in the vein of what you have come to know and love from our Monday podcast and newsletter. Just discovery and endorsements and beauty and shopping and books and food and, you know, Everything that we love, 100%. Um, so sign up or don't, you know, but we think you'll like it. We think it's going to be worth it. We think so.
0: Um, okay. So many things to talk about on this episode, and none of them have anything to do with one another.
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: That's what uh, they all have in common. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first up, powder SPF. Yes. So I. Was on that powder SPF train for such a long time, yeah. Claire, and then I got off it because all of the ones I used to use started becoming tinted. Like yeah. they were like meant to be like makeupy colored, or yeah, like it's tinted. annoying. I, ugh,
1: ugh, so it's you, not what I wanted. You introduced me to it a long time ago, the Peter Thomas Roth yeah. one, which is it's nice because it's the powder is in the stick in, of the brush, so you're just carrying around this one thing. It's self contained. Um, and then I had also stopped using it, and then needed to start using SPF on Cameron, who is at an age right now where he hates having SPF put on him and he will always get it in his eyes. And I spent a day with yeah. you
0: where Cam had SPF in his eyes and he looked so high. He Just looked, like so stoned. So stoned.
1: It's yeah. so and annoying. And he wasn't. And no, he he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but also everybody who saw him Like, commented that he could barely (laughs) open his eyes. Everybody was like, You look so tired. And it's like, That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I won't get into the nitty gritty of the nightmare that is children getting stuff in their eyes and then continuing to rub their eyes and making it worse. But suffice it to say, powder is a great alternative to this because they don't, it doesn't get in their eyes in that same way. They don't get so annoyed while you're trying to wipe it on. It goes on really quickly and easily. And also, you can put it on their scalp
0: really easily, yes. which is nice. Well, this um, is something I used to do with the powdered sunscreen right. all the time, was because I have like a very exposed uh, part, I guess mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. and that gets burned. And I've always been worried about like, oh, am I going to get like skin cancer on my scalp that I can't right, even right. Oh, see? To like, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like just brushing it along your
1: scalp is a good move in general. It's great. And Cam thinks it's hilarious. Like it tickles him. It's wonderful. So I went and bought the Peter Thomas Roth one, not realizing that it's now tinted and realized I was basically putting makeup on him. And so then bold I had to, move. Yeah, bold <laughs> move. It was also meant, you know, got all over his clothes. But I then found this one called Brush on Block, which is translucent. And a couple of different people make translucent ones, but I like this one because it's higher SPF. I think it's 30. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just am thrilled to have it in my arsenal and I can just carry it around in my purse and, you know, like reapply it really quickly to him when he's running by me.
0: I just bought this after you recommended it. It hasn't come to my house yet, but... One of the things that pushed me to buy it in addition to just like liking having the powder sunscreen is that it feels very like weirdly right for a pandemic, where yes. reapplying sunscreen in public with your hands and like touching your face with your hands feels like the all the wrong moves, but Absolutely. obviously wearing sunscreen is the right move. So letting the brush touch your face so you don't have oh, to. yeah. Definitely. And you can wipe that little thing off, you know, mm-hmm. really easily
1: with one of your precious Clorox wipes. I will also just take this opportunity to tell our audience that I have to go tomorrow and spend a lot of time and money getting a mole removed from my face that is basically skin I mean it's it's I'm fine but it's skin cancer and it's caused by the sun and could happen to you too folks so put on your SPF put it on yeah something I wanted to share that
0: Friend, uh, the friend of a podcast told me about. So Kat Dash, who is an amazing editor, prop stylist, florist. She's like the most impressive DIYer um, wonderful. I, I've encountered. She's wonderful. So she was talking... She mentioned to me that on an episode we did a little while ago, our friend Marissa was teaching a restorative yoga class. And at the end of the class, she led us through a meditation and told us to think about each year of our life and like one memory from that year of our lives. Clara tried... You went
1: through like each day of your
0: life, I feel like.
1: <laughs> oh, <No>, I went... <laughs> I can't remember, but I definitely made it so long to the point where when she told us time was up, I was like, I'm in third grade still. So (laughs) I can't remember why, what it was that I made it so complicated. I don't think there's like a wrong
0: way to do this. (laughs) Anyway, Um, Kat said that she expanded this in her life by making a playlist with one song that made her think of each
1: year of her life, which I just thought was like really, really charming. I gotta, know. It's incredibly charming. I got to find the name of it so we can put it in the podcast notes. But this reminds me that Spotify at some point did this incredibly creepy and wonderful thing where they tailor made podcasts for people, I guess based on their birthday and listening habits that yeah. basically just played like a bunch of really nostalgic songs for everybody. So like huh. mostly songs from like sixth to eighth grade era. And it was what I mean for me it was all of this like alternative music, you know, like three eleven that I yeah, had totally heard. And Offspring, The Offspring, like just bands I hadn't heard in so long and aren't being resurfaced right now. And it was so wonderful and weirdly moving. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I need to sit down and put together what my playlist would be because it's like... It'd be some like Down by the Bay and the Dixie Chicks Mm -hmm. or the Chicks now. Um, Like just really weird uh, combinations of things that,
1: um, yeah, just I think will end up feeling very singularly unique. I agree. It's like finding um, old mix CDs that I would listen to in my car in high school. Yes. Really something. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was telling you about this thing basically called the gospel theory of activism. I don't know that this is maybe not the official title, but basically Chris and I signed up to do some phone banking and over a thousand people signed on to this zoom call that was training us for the phone bank. And it was the most people they'd ever had. And the trainers were obviously really psyched and the woman leading it was talking about what it meant that so many people had joined because it wasn't just about this idea that like, great, there's, you know, a lot of interest, but it it was it also spoke to this gospel theory of activism, which is basically the idea that gospel choirs can hold notes for this insanely long time because if someone needs to stop and take a breath for a second, there's tons of other people who are covering for that person. So you'd never hear them pause to breathe. And activism work takes that same endurance and persistence and time, and people do need breaks. But if they're just enough, like volume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if people need breaks and people will need breaks the movement won't be interrupted if there are enough people covering for that person. And it just made me think about how important it is to show up even when it seems like tons of people are already showing up, which I think can be um, something that's easy to fall into in moments like we're experiencing right now where it seems like every single person in your feed, every single person around you is... Signing the same petitions and talking about the same thing. And it seems like, or or attending the same protests and it's like, well, what difference does one more make? And that for me was like, oh, it does make a difference. And we, it was a good reminder that one additional person matters um, in these big movements. I also think that, you know, you and I both know that a lot
0: of people just aren't like don't have follow through. Um, And you (laughs) also have to account for that in a bit of the like volume too. It's like a lot of people do the first three runs or first three like run walks of a couch to 5k, right? Yeah. Um, And I feel like all (laughs) of this um, holds up here as well.
1: The other thing... I've been thinking about, or the reason I keep returning to this idea of the gospel theory of activism is because. So we just sort of passed the thirty day mark, the month mark of how long this movement has been going on. I think it's like days as of this recording, or, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I think right while we're recording right now, it's maybe been thirty two or thirty three days of sustained protests, and in New York City, they we've had protests every single day, and it's like wow, that's so impressive, and. Courtney Martin sent out one of her new newsletters. She has a wonderful newsletter that you should subscribe to, pointing out that like, yes, it's day 30, but also the Montgomery bus boycott lasted 381 days. Um, And to just compare that is like, gives me goosebumps to think about, you know, the effort it takes. And there, Mona Shalabi also did a really wonderful graphic on Instagram comparing the lengths of different movements that have actually you know, had lasting impact and you really start to see like, wow, we are and we're basically at day zero, you know, we're actually at day 32, but we're at day zero. It's 10%, 10% yeah. of the duration so far. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Celsius, which I think is the only place that has made me actually really want to leave my house to do my laundry. Celsius is a welcoming, inclusive space in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where people can care for their laundry while relaxing, getting work done, having a cup of coffee in the cafe, or taking part in community events on the back patio or in the studio space. Celsius is a Black-owned family business started by the sisters, Teresa and Karina Williams, and let me tell you, they are real charmers. Their professional experience in fashion and design, their love of the environment, and their obsession with all things clean compelled them to open the chicest and most energy-efficient laundromat in all of New York. For the time being, Celsius
1: is offering low contact drop-off laundry services while social distancing guidelines are in place. Celsius uses energy efficient machines and offers complimentary biodegradable and hypoallergenic laundry powder. And their fantastic products are all also available in their online store. I've been using their Vunderbar Stain Stick and also their Super Salt Oxygen Brightener, which is basically what you add to a load of whites to make sure that your whites aren't actually vaguely yellows. Their online store also has a bunch of eco-friendly garment care products, all the sort of best in class if you're trying to be more eco-friendly, but also effective when it comes to getting your laundry done. So to grab some of it for yourself, head to Celsius.com. That's C-E-L-S-I-O-U-S.com and take 15% off your first order with the code A Cleaner Thing or Two. Okay, so listen because they don't spell Celsius the normal way. So I'm gonna spell it for you again. It's C-E-L-S-I-O-U-S dot com and use code a cleaner thing or two for 15% off your first order
0: new friends. I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. Okay. Something else that got both of us very (laughs) riled up last week. Me me most of all, I will say. (laughs) Me most of all. I really...
1: It was one of those things where I slacked you this article and I realized I really should have like just thought more about the presentation, the timing, and I should have just known what was going to happen. E, like, slacked it to me
0: when you knew you had time for a 12-minute <laughs> back and forth on it because you couldn't Basically. just like drop this in a Slack. <laughs> so the article that Claire shared was from Mother Jones. And the headline was, The gas industry is paying Instagram influencers to gush over gas stoves. And I'd seen this headline and I just was a little bit like, oh, okay. And I didn't click on it before. And let me tell you, I'm glad I did because it just really like unlocked so many things about gas stoves and the gas industry, um, an industry which I have been angry at for the reasons that most people are, but then for my own personal reasons as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you want to tell the audience yeah. about your personal reasons?
0: Um, um oh God, what a long and somewhat boring story. But here we go. So, um, I moved into a new apartment that we purchased in. We closed on it in December and we moved in in January. And a a large part of the reason um, why the close kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed was because National Grid, our New York gas provider, was having a standoff with the state of New York because they wanted to run a pipeline through the state of New York and New York did not want them to. And so, in response to this, National Grid said, "Fine, we just won't like set turn on any more gas hookups." Until you do.
1: Like, because they're <laughs> <there are, laughs> <legit>, that's what <laughs> happened. That they, they didn't have the capacity, and that's why they we needed this new pipeline. Yes,
0: yeah. we couldn't possibly meet increased demand because we, um, if you don't let us build this pipeline or connect these pipelines. So, from basically May to November, they didn't do any new gas hookups in various parts of New York. This included um, and I was trying to take that as an opportunity to get a conduction stove, which is the kind of stove that I had bef- had in my last apartment, which is basically... It's very popular in Europe. And it's like a... Ma- I'm like not going to explain this exactly the right way. So if you really care, you should look it up. But <laughs> it's basically like a magnetized surface that only conducts heat through the heat through metal that is touching it. And it boils water super fast. It also heats things somewhat unevenly. But I was like very cool with this kind of stove because it also meant that I didn't therefore like have gas. Um, and it meant that I could rely on different energy sources. Um, anyway, this article highlights so many issues with gas and like the influencer like marketing push around well, gas and gas stoves that i had no idea about
1: because basically, i mean there's always been this idea i think general idea that like real cooks would would always use a gas stove right like you yes. need the flame and it's all about getting the flame super precise and that that's like a really important part of the cooking process and so the premise of this article like the the headline is Burying the lead a little bit because the premise is that they've launched this entire micro influencer campaign hashtag cooking with gas. Which now I'm curious, are you gonna are you ever, are you banning that saying from your vocabulary now? Yes, Claire, because I found out from
0: this article that that came from a marketing that came from a gas marketing campaign, yeah. which I had no idea. Um, so yes, I will no longer be using the term <laughs> cooking with gas.
1: So getting all these people, you know, these micro influencers to hashtag cooking with gas and they're doing this to, you know, continue to uh, put out there this idea that gas stoves are superior when in fact gas stoves contribute to really poor air quality indoors and release a lot of really harmful chemicals into your home. So every time you ignite a gas stove, you're filling your home with many of the same pollutants that exist and exhaust from cars. Carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxides, particulate matter, and formaldehyde, which are all associated with a range of chronic health problems like respiratory problems and cardiovascular disease. The problem is worse, the smaller the space and cramped apartments fill up more quickly with pollutants. Therefore, lower income African-American and Hispanic adults and children all face the biggest toll as populations already facing higher rates of asthma exacerbated by more polluted outdoor air. Which asterisk, the New York Times also released a study. Well, they didn't do the study, but they published a piece last week on how climate change is disproportionately impacting Black mothers because it's leading to all of these pregnancy risks because of the polluted air. And that's disproportionately impacting people who already have poor air quality. And so this is on top of Black mothers already um, getting much worse treatment when it comes to maternal health in the US health system. And Basically, to bring this back to the original thing, what was the original sort of topic, what was so interesting to me is we just don't ever talk about indoor air quality because they don't study it because it would require going in people's homes.
0: Yep. 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 And our kitchens obviously aren't set up like commercial kitchens where they have the similar type of ventilation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was like fuming. I was (laughs) fuming. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of the thing that I mean, because obviously I, I, at the end of the day, after much struggle, that is also incredibly boring. I have a gas stove and there's not much to do about it at this point, but it does mean that I'm going to open my window, um, whenever I'm cooking on it and use, and I'll always turn on my exhaust. Fan, which I didn't do. I did like would only turn on my exhaust fan if it was something that was smoking, or you know what I mean. Like as like an air out, like an obvious sort of air out the room, but not thinking about whatever the gas itself is
1: releasing. Yeah. No, you mentioned that, and I hate turning on the exhaust fan because it's loud. But it's loud. It's the right thing to do. Hey, listen. I know you really wanted a conduction stove, and the thing is, you wouldn't have been able to roast marshmallows on it. So. No, well, I should perk. really
0: take advantage of that because, <laughs> because I haven't roasted a goddamn marshmallow on this stove yet. Listen, and
1: make yourself some s'mores and, you know, rage, rage against I should the really machine. like char
0: some eggplant, like on, yes, the, you know what I mean? Exactly.
1: Like all the thing or like tortillas or like
0: all the things mm-hmm. you're supposed to put on a gas flame. I should really do because otherwise I don't know what my big
1: wins are here. <sighs> That's right. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you a question that I didn't know the answer to. So I posed this as a podcast topic. Please. What books did you buy for hashtag Black Publishing Power, which was an initiative a week or two ago as of the time of recording, (laughs) where basically challenged everybody to buy two books by Black authors that week to sort of demonstrate the um, power of Black authors and also to support Black authors.
0: Um, That is a good question. And I want to hear yours too. So I, for myself, I bought this book called Vegetable Kingdom by Bryant Terry that came out in February that I'd been wanting. And I had just kind of put myself on like a cookbook Break because I felt like I was you know accumulating too much, um, but he is a vegan chef and social justice activist. He is the chef in residence at the Museum of the African Diaspora, and Alice Waters is his mentor. Wow. Um, I know, I know, and he's in Oakland, and like the recipes in it look there's there aren't like. Meat substitute kind of recipes, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. And I just feel like I need some like new vegetable things in my mix to get me excited right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I also bought my dad some books for Father's Day. So I bought him that same book. And then I bought him the Dookie Chase cookbook. Do you know Dookie Chase? Mm -hmm. It's a New Orleans like institution. It's been in New Orleans since 1941. And it, the like most recent chef is Leah Chase, who married into the family in 1946. She's been dubbed the queen of Creole cuisine, and I've read interviews with her where she is just like a real firecracker hmm. um, in all the best ways. Uh, it was the first Dooky Chase restaurant was the first art gallery for Black artists ever in New Orleans. Um, hmm. It's just like a very compelling space and a very classic New Orleans spot. Oh, I bought the cooking gene for my dad, and which I'm also reading. It's by Michael Twitty and it is a food memoir and culinary history that basically traces the origins of Southern cuisine to Africa. So Michael Twitty is, is like a really compelling person. One of the blurbs for the book is from the Washington Post and it is, should there ever be a competition to determine the most interesting man in the world, Michael W. Twitty would have to be considered a serious contender. Wow. Yeah, not bad, right? So he is a Black, gay, Jewish man. There's a lot of discussion of Judaism. Um, He (laughs) came to Judaism on his own. There's some about sexuality and he traveled through the South on what he calls his Southern discomfort tour. Um, And it's it's just like, it's very introspective and very rich, I
1: would say. Love that. What did you buy? What did I buy? Well, I, for context, have been reading... Slogging through People's History of the United States, um, which is, you know, a, the history of the United States, and it is really good. I just realized I didn't know. Um, I have enough about, been on my list. Yeah, I just realized I didn't know nearly enough about United States history. Like, I it wasn't taught to you in, in school. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I and I, I a lot of it wasn't taught, and a lot of it I've forgotten, and it was just never like an interest that I pursued on my own. And all the events that have happened recently, I just realized I re- I really want this context. So I've been reading that book and it's, it's really interesting, but it's slow and it feels a little bit like homework. And so uh, when posed with the challenge of buying two new books, I gravitated straight to romance novels because I yes. really just felt like I needed something to balance that out. Um, so both of these recommendations came from our pals at The Ripped Bodice. I bought Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert if you are a fan of Jasmine Guillory novels, these are for you and not just because they feature Black and other minority characters and mixed race uh, couples, but also because it follows Talia Hibbert's series follows a similar format to Jasmine Guillory where bit characters from one novel become main characters in the next. So this is the second in this series where she's basically following a trio of sisters. So this is a romantic comedy about a young woman who agrees to fake date her friend after a video of him rescuing her from their office building goes viral. So the main character, Danny Brown, is getting her PhD in Nominally, it seems to be gender studies. And she has this flirtation. We'll go with with that. She has this flirtation (laughs) with this, and she is Black. And then she has this flirtation with this really hot uh, Muslim security guard who works at the front desk of the building where she teaches a class. And during a fire drill, he rescues her. It gets caught on camera and becomes this viral sensation. They agree to carry on the fake relationship for the sake of all of the attention that the viral moment is bringing to the nonprofit that he runs in which he basically teaches young boys how to get in touch with their emotions through rugby because he is also an ex-rugby, pro-rugby player. Feels right. Super into it. He loves romance novels and she's super scared of commitment. It's got all of the things... (laughs) I, I read it in, I don't know, a day and a half. It was delightful. Um, I've now moved on to Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. So Felix is attending an ultra-competitive arts summer program to have a better shot at a full scholarship to Brown. Is this YA? I think it is YA. It's one of these things where like, or like new adults? I don't know. I would
0: have to read I would have... okay, okay, okay. New adults like 20s basically like I'm not no, a no. teen well, okay. anymore so the, but they're I'm... high
1: schoolers. So yes, I guess it is. It is why. Okay. So yes. Yeah. So he's doing yeah. this summer program to try to get into Brown. He is trans, and he has some enemy that posts pictures of him pre-transition with his dead name in the school's lobby. So he plans to get revenge, and then basically falls into a love triangle. I haven't gotten to the love triangle yet, um, but I'm very excited. You will, you will by tonight. I bet. Also, just it it takes place in New York in the summer, and in this, like you know this crew of creative kids, um, making art together in the summer. And it all just feels very much exactly where I want to escape to right now. And it also helps me feel young or actually nice. It makes me feel old, but I like living in the world of these young people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fair, fair, fair. Mm -hmm. Even better. I know that this doesn't really apply to you, but I still wanted to talk about it because you don't really need to shave anymore. Because, because I, did laser. I feel like your laser hair,
1: well, well I no, kind of starting to um, come back. And I'm, yeah, I would really like it? to get it touched up at some point when it is both safe and fiscally responsible to do so.
0: I feel like your hair is coarser and it was the one yeah. advantage. <laughs> it's like the one time <laughs> that true. was an advantage true. in life. Is that your like laser hair will have worked better. Anyway, I have to shave my legs not as much, my armpits mm-hmm. definitely. Um, or I don't right. have to, you know, but yes. I opt to because that is the choice that I make. And I was getting really mad at all my shitty plastic razors and getting sort of upset that all of the direct-to-consumer razor companies that um, that I had encountered for the most part were the same like basically plastic razors that I could buy at the drugstore, except you could subscribe (laughs) to get the blades mailed to on a regular schedule, which doesn't actually... what Wasn't like really solving my problems. So then I decided I was going to finally pony up for the razor that I had wanted for a long time, which is the razor by Wee. O-U-I. Like, you know, Wee. Um, (laughs) And... It is a single blade razor, and it is more importantly a beautiful razor. Um, It's metal. It's substantial. It has heft. It has weight, and it you know it it comes with like a classic little single blade situation, like you've seen in a movie, basically. And the sell for single blade razors is that because you're only going over your skin just that like one with one blade that one time, you don't get razor burn. Um, and you don't get ingrown hairs because you're not like scraping off right. the follicles so sense. close that yeah, that it's like making your skin more sensitive and and annoying it, and you still yeah. replace the razors, you still replace the razors, but the refill for the razors it comes in like a little. I'm trying to think of what size the box is. It's like okay. an eraser size box, like a, you know, like a mm-hmm. a regular size eraser and there are 10 blades in there and it's 11 wow. bucks for 10 blades which is of v- incredibly different yeah. price point than these like you know totally. plastic nine blade yeah. razors that you can buy i also the founder of the company we were on a panel with her years ago karen young um she very much like the whole company has a very much like yeah shave if you want to you do you like it's it's like your choice vibe and i was reading a really good interview that she did for glossy with my friend priya recently where she was talking about raising money and just how hard it was as a a black founder and how she just like didn't anticipate it being as hard as it was going into this um so i'll read you a quote from this article she said people will say women have a hard time fundraising or this little percent of fundraising goes to women but what they are really saying is that that money goes to white women Running a business and scaling a business is already really difficult. But then you tack on that you're a woman and then a black woman. You can't tell which part of you doesn't resonate with investors, but I can't change the color of my skin. Meanwhile, white male founders raise rounds on an idea, um, which is referenced to like Harry's and Casper and all, you know, and Bonobos, if you listen to interviews with any of those founders. Like, so I put together a pitch deck of seven
1: slides and nine firms. My other favorite is um, investors who brag about like, well, I just invested in this founder, and like his first three companies failed. And I said, "Let me know when you're going to start your next company, because I'll invest in that one too." Yeah, I, I believe just in, in you. you. The idea doesn't even matter. Just you. whatever you start next, I'm in. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that investing in mm-hmm. idea, investing in mm-hmm. person. So I think we should
0: all invest in Karen. Yes. Um, we, as an idea oh, and a person, I. we. <laughs> Oui, yes. oui. It's a very good razor, and it feels like very nice. And also, luxurious looks beautiful. And that's the thing. Thomas is oh, nice been using on it his face. Yeah. Um, yeah, on his face. Yeah, yeah, on his face. He was really excited about it. I don't know. I didn't buy it for <laughs> us to share, but I guess we're sharing love it. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, I love um, it. Well, yeah. that's the show. Bye. We wanted to tell you about another podcast that we think you're going to be into because if you're listening to us, we are going to go ahead and assume that you are smart, curious, you care about women, and also that you are a fan of efficiency. So let us tell you about Encyclopedia Womanica. This thing is only five minutes long. It's a five-minute long podcast. What? I don't know. I just, one of the reasons I love this is because I hate doing my skincare routine so much that I can't do. do it. <laughs> I can't do it without listening to a podcast. And this is actually a podcast that's as long as my skincare routine. So it's a beautiful thing.
0: This is genius. We all know that so many history lessons have glossed over the truly essential contributions that women have made to history. That's where Encyclopedia Womanica comes in. This podcast from Wonder Media Network aims to change the narrative by introducing the pioneers, scientists, chefs, and more from antiquity to today who have helped shape our society. Every weekday, host Jenny Kaplan dives into the trials, tragedies, and triumphs of this diverse group of groundbreaking women bite-sized episodes pack painstakingly researched content into fun, entertaining, and addictive daily adventures. You may or may not already know these women, but you definitely should. Subscribe to Encyclopedia Womanica wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcasts at clarinerica.com. Find show notes and coupon codes and so much more at clarinerica.com.